Yeah, I, I think something hit me like an epiphany yesterday. Um, I really think, so spare, a spare tire, right? You know, logic would think that, hey, oh, it's called a spare tire because, you know, oh, I have a spare, like I have something to spare. Like, baby, suck on my rib. Um, <laughs> um, but, well, I don't know. If you put barbecue sauce on, you know, my stomach or rib, that's going to be a it's a different type of dry rub, baby. Um, <laughs> oh, so thick and so sweet. Um, but I actually think it's called a spare tire because you're only supposed to use it sparingly. Like, I, like, I ain't going to lie. Like, if I was at a bowling alley... I mean, I guess I'll just roll a tire down there to, you know, spare it up. All right, Clint. Um, and that one struck out. Um, <laughs> all right. Yep. Welcome to episode 187 of the Alpha V Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, Jesus. Uh, my voice is cracking like a gay man's booty hole at a gay sauna. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. But yeah, recording this at 1029 p.m. Eastern on April, is it the 2nd or the 3rd? I don't know. It's a Sunday. Um, but yeah, you know, for the archives, date it. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what's really... So, I was at a Dunkin' yesterday, shocker, and I went into the bathroom with my earbuds in, because, you know, my, my seat was, like, right next to the bathroom, which, by the way, I would never recommend sitting right outside of a bathroom, because you could probably hear some things, and nothing's more awkward than when you walk out of a bathroom and someone who's sitting nearby just kind of looks at you and gives you those eyes, like, I heard you. Um, but what's more kind of out of place is I've never, when you're at the bathroom and you walk out after you're done doing bathroom things and there's someone right there at the fucking door, like, why can't you just wait like extra five feet away? Like, do you, like, do you, like, have to hear the faucet go for you to get excited to make sure I wash my hands? Like, it fucking matters anyways. Like, we're about to share, like, we basically shared the same toilet seat. It's almost like if someone that I deem to be clean, if they walk outside the bathroom, well, I'd be more comfortable to sit on that toilet, you know, freestyle, compared to someone who has a odor to them. And definitely, you know, is a messy uh, picker-upper. If they come out of the bathroom, will I be more apprehensive to go to the bathroom? The answer is neither. Because if you have to go, you have to go. Um, which is funny because actually someone, someone at my job, you know, it's a girl. And she was talking about... How you would be surprised how disgusting a woman's bathroom can be. Like, the things you hear in there. I'm like, oh, 
I, I don't think you've ever been to a men's bathroom. Because the thing you hear in a men's bathroom where multiple men can be there at a time, well, I mean, I guess a single bathroom, multiple men can be in there at a time, but chances are they're probably not using the bathroom. Uh, well, they're probably using the side guardrails to hold on to something, but, you know. Which, actually, when I was sitting on the toilet yesterday, I'm thinking, like, are these guardrails to the left of me? Are they there if I'm, like, really taking an intense shit? Like, are they really there for me to hold on to? Or I'm assuming it's for, you know, handicapped people, per se. But that's not what I like to think. Because there was multiple rails there. Man, uh. But I was explaining to them, like, I don't think, you have, like, all, all you would have to do is, like, just stand outside of a men's bathroom. And just watch the type of men and watch the brief smell that will hit you when that door opens. That's all you need to know. Like, I'll say 70% of dudes don't wash their hands when they leave the bathroom. Like, at all. Like, well, oh, you know, as we go, I didn't touch anything. It's like, yeah, but. Yeah, please. <laughs> um. But she said a woman's bathroom is absolutely, you would be surprised the things you hear in there. And look, as a man that used to have to clean women's bathroom, I have smelled the nasty used, you know, the separate, the separate garbage where they put the tampons and all that shit. And that is honestly maybe one of the worst smells I've ever smelled in my life. I think it actually fucked up my smell so much. That's why I don't smell a whole lot of things now. Um, because I'm very desensitized. Um, but God, like though, like, and why, why did they never put a garbage bag in those things? Like they have this little container and they're like, ah, we don't need to put a garbage bag. At most they'll put like a Walmart bag in there. It's like, all right. But, um, but yeah, no, anyway, back to the main thing. But if I walk out of the bathroom at a public restroom and there's just this dude just waiting there. And then there's just like, they don't even let you like walk out and the door closed behind you. Like, it's like you're just walking past each other. Like, oh, hey. It's like, I haven't even like fully stepped out of the bathroom and this dude's already like walking into the bathroom. It's like, there's this awkward thing because now I'm going to go sit down. And what if he comes out and he looks at me because he just experienced or smells what I just did in there? It's kind of a weird thing that. There's, there's this mass judgment when the situations that happen in a bathroom should be, you know, like playing a fitness. No judgment. Judgment-free zone. Except when you, if you were in one of those bathrooms that have a urinal and, you know, the toilet stuff and multiple dudes can go in there at a time. There is, there's nothing funnier than when you're peeing. And you're more self-conscious of whether you're farting while peeing than someone who's shitting and making the most blasphemy of noises ever. Like, recently, I'm not even kidding, I actually was peeing, and I farted, and I heard the dude in the stall with his pants down, with his Air Force Ones, laugh, like chuckle to himself because I farted while peeing. It's like... You haven't ate vegetables in two weeks. And it and it feels like it. Like you can tell when you're around people that don't eat 
half the food groups. Like, so I don't know what people be eating these days, but the way people shit, the things you hear, the splash and dash and crash, like it, it makes me get a rash. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's weird how people that are, like, if you're a dude in your vulnerable position, sitting on the toilet, sitting on the toilet, and I'm upright in a powerful urinal position. And you have the audacity to laugh at me for, you know, passing a little gas while your ass is probably, you know, catching some things in there. Um, I don't know. But that whole thing, it was just like, what, what? Well, what is going through people's mind where they're just like looking at you walking out? Like they give you these eyes like, what well, took so long? It's like. What do you think took long, huh? And he took longer in there than me. Because he was in there a good seven minutes. Um, yeah. Good shit. Um, <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, and I realized also, by the way, public restroom toilet paper always makes my booty hole itch. Like, it's one of those things where I'm not even going to like. I, I have a weird technique in public restrooms. I actually stand up to wipe my ass. I don't care. I admit it. Because I, I am not, you know, you know, public toilets are very, the toilets are very small. Like, they make the seat so small. Like, most people nowadays, you know, based off the numbers, most people are pretty bigger. So why don't we make toilets bigger to accommodate us bigger people? I have a fat ass. I draw fat shit sometimes. I need extra room. I don't want to clench my cheeks to let it sleek. Like. But. So like I'm not going to you know try to. Navigate my right hand in between there you know. Because I'm not using my left hand. I do not trust my left hand. To take care of that. Alright. Certain things. Oh, you know, I want balance. I want to be ambidextrous. Like, you know what? Some things you need to stick with the hand that you know. All right. Um, <laughs> and wiping your ass is one of them. Stick with the hand that goes and uh, has great muscle memory. Um, and, well, I don't know. If your muscle memory is a little too good back there, I may think you may be a little too good at something else, too. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I stand, like, in public restrooms, I, because those things are one. The toilet paper in public restrooms, they are very thin. They're very thin. They feel, like, very powdery. They feel dusty. And assholes, you know, I don't know about women, but assholes don't even know how to, like, roll it down right. Like, they'll just tear half a thing, and, like, half the thing, you have to roll it down to make it even again. It's like, what the... And you're, like, wasting all this toilet paper. You feel bad for the custodian lady or guy who has to, you know, restock this stuff and the soap, and people are just being ignorant ass wipes with it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> ass wipes. Woo. Um, I guess it's a clean slate after all. Alright, but, yeah, I, I stand up, and, you know, because, I don't know if you guys, you know, sometimes my booty hole is, like, tender. It's just this never-ending swipe, and I'm just swiping, and swiping, and swiping. It's just, like, ever have those shit? Like, there's two type of shits. There's no in-between anymore in my life. There's the type of shits where it's such a clean, pure shit that 
you wipe and literally like nothing's there. It's like shit. It all came out. Uh, I barely have to. There's nothing there for me to wipe. Not even a little after, you know, swipe. Then there's the ones where it's like you're swiping for like four minutes. Like Jesus Christ, you know, you're doing this angle, that angle. Sometimes you get a little too deep in there with a finger or two. Like Jesus, get out of here, kid. Um, and nothing's worse than when you're a Republican when you have to do that. And you have this phobia because it's happened on you twice where the doors at these establishments don't even lock. So people walking in on you. I've had it happen twice. One time a dude walked on me sitting down on the toilet, pants completely down. I may have even had my shirt above my chin like a bib. And he probably saw my stomach roll. I was like, yep, this is happening. And look. I'm a, I'm a clean shitter, so I wasn't worried about if I was, like, in the middle of an explosion. But, hey, Pompeii, baby. Um, you know, I just uh, already have that. So now I have this phobia where what if I'm standing up wiping my ass as a man in a vulnerable position? And then someone walks in on that because that looks completely wild. I understand being a tall man of a certain build. I understand... That is a very questionable at best. I don't think Hercules, I don't think Hades, I don't think any of these Greek gods would ever be seen in the light of day wiping their ass standing up. Because it's like, you know, you sometimes you have to, you're digging at weird angles. It's like, all right, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah. 14 minutes in and I just talked about shitting. Uh, I guess this pot is going down the drain. Um, uh, but I gotta admit, one of the best things about Sundays and Fridays now, at least the previous couple weeks, is I've actually been watching a lot of women's basketball. And that's the thing I never thought I would say. Because it's always on at the gym. Like, you know, on Sundays, there's nothing good on TV. So they just put, you know, women's college basketball. But it also happens to be March Madness and all this stuff. And I got to say, this Caitlin Carr girl, she's like, like, she actually looks like she can legitly move and play. Like, that, I would not want to 1v1 that girl. She would actually probably cross me over like three times. Like, no cap. Like, she can actually dribble. She can get to her spots. She she's actually legitimately like Steph Curry. Like I'm not like like typically you could watch a woman's game and be like, oh, this is so like lethargic. Eh, it's a that's a long setup for a shot that would just get that shit packed in by any 14 year old guy. Um, but she's actually got like she's fluid. Like I like a woman that's fluid. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in conversation, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, but this girl, she like, holy shit. And apparently they lost today in the finals. She still dropped 30 points. She still played amazingly well, but you know, just, uh, kind of overpowered, I guess. But I don't know something about watch. I was like, actually, I actually clicked on a woman's basketball highlights and watched it. And I was actually like impressed. Like she was scoring at all levels of the court. She was driving. 
doing kind of a layup, a hook. She even did a hook shot somewhere. She like crossed over the six foot seven girl like in the middle of the court and like just change of direction, dropping threes from a distance in many different type of way, moving the ball around, assist and transition. I'm like, holy shit. I'm not a scout, but she's the number one pick. Um But yeah. <sighs> I was actually invited recently to Start playing pickup again. Like, someone actually wanted me, not a 2v2 tournament, but he's like, hey, you know, typically in the springtime, you know, they start doing, like, these pickup games where it's, like, kind of orchestrated where, you know, they kind of do these, like, tournaments and stuff. And, you know, he's like, I know you used to play back in the day. You played AAU and stuff. And so it's like, hey, if you like to, you know, I like to, he's like, you're a big fella. You can rebound. I was like, oh, I can rebound. All right. Because I'm down to go get us some boards. Um, <laughs> sorry, Drake. I had to take it from you. Sorry. I had to do it to him. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I haven't picked up a basketball in like four or five years. I don't know anyone that's ever played basketball. Really anything that involves skill. Um, you can't just not do something for four or five years. And just like pick it up back up in a week. Like. And I don't have time. And I don't really have the time to sit there and work on my game for three hours a day. Like, you know, like I to, like the hassle of even driving somewhere to play. And there may be room to play. There may not be. And it's like, eh, you know, I don't know. But part of me is like kind of intrigued to do it. And part of me is like, do I ever really want to pick up a basketball again? Because nothing's more deflating than when you used to be pretty damn good at something and you pick it back up and you're like, oh, Jesus, I'm an old man now. And I'm not an old man, but I'm an older man. I'm, I'm closer to 30 than 20. Like, that, that's just reality. Now, look, I keep good care of myself, so I don't think I'm going to be one of those, like, the second I hit 30, I'm going to have knee problems and this problem, back problems. Like, I think that'll probably be when I'm 36. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, the whole thing of like, when you start feeling older, I've already started feeling some ways, like I actually have to manufacture and eat well to have energy. I can't just wake up and industrialize internal energy because of my young sproutness. Like that's not a thing anymore. I actually have to eat well. I actually have to sleep. I actually have to operate like a fucking old man just to make doing daily stuff manageable so in that way i kind of am an old man i have aged in some ways it's good but you know playing it like i can't just sit there and play some pickup basketball get in a fight on the court get punched in the face then have to go to work and explain yeah you know i just kind of i was really aggressively rebounding a guy and uh he kind of punched me in the face like it's like what am I doing with my life at that point? It's like, I can't be risking this this sexy, fine specimen of a man to lose my pretty boy face. Because where I'd be playing um, would not be in the likes of my complexion, more than likely. Based off what he told me. But he's like, if you're good, you're good. That's all that matters. I'm like, yes, it's all that matters. But also... 
when you look like me in certain environments, you can also be a target. You're basically target practice. Because, you know, the reality is when you're the white dude on the court, you are you are the white dude. You're considered the bitch-ass white dude until you prove otherwise. Like, this is kind of how it's looked at. Like, everyone's going to... The automatic assumption when you're a white dude on the court, right, is that you're soft. And there's a reason. Because a lot of white dudes... not I mean, not real white dudes specifically, but in certain environments, they aren't... They're used to playing in certain environments depending on where you play type of thing. And there's... Different environments require different tenacity, requires a different mindset, requires different things. But like, hey, don't try too hard in this because someone might, you know, level you when you drive to the basket. Like, I've actually seen that happen firsthand when I played pickup. It was, I think I was like 19 or 20, and I went and played pickup somewhere, like outside, not on the streets, but like, it was like a outside court type of thing, and it was many different people. And I saw this dude because he was talking shit to this one dude because he kept blowing past him and, you know, he was working him. But the problem is when that dude, when someone gets tired of you talking shit and you drive to the basket and you try to do some cool reverse layup and uh, he basically elbows you in the neck and you're down for four minutes. People think you're paralyzed in the neck. I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to talk shit. (laughs) I'm not a shit talker anyways, but... You don't don't make yourself more of a target than you already are, right? Because when you're the best player or the worst player on the court, you are a target. But yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I'm, you know, maybe I'm a little bit stronger and bigger now. So if someone wants to try me, uh, they can uh try to back that ass up in the post. Um, <laughs> that sounded gay as hell. But hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, and I haven't posted it yet, but I know the last episode. Well, actually, no, I did post it. The episode I talked about the HIV and gay people. I'm sure that's not going to sit well with people, but hey. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> I always put it like this, right? When you talk about certain things like that. Honestly... If you were to have a child today, you may be okay if your child ends up being X, Y, and Z. I don't even want to say it. You may learn to love and be okay with it, but that's not what your ideal plan for them would be. Because you don't want life any harder in your kids than it's already going to be. So when you create these exterior barriers... That there's just another thing they're going to have to overcome and overcome. And they're like, oh, well, that'll just make them stronger. And they're living their truth. It's like, yeah, you know, your truth doesn't have to be that goddamn difficult all the time, you know? You know, sometimes the truth can actually be very simple. It's like, hey, I don't want these problems. I don't want these extra problems preventing me to get to my destination. I just want to get to my destination. Why take the back road when it'll be 40 minutes when you could hop on this nice little interstate and take 15 minutes. And that, that's the thing. is, And I know people don't want to say it. And most parents aren't going to say it. Because it's kind of a... But we all have ideal preferences of what we 
Well, what we envision, like we envision our children growing up and getting married and having kids and being with a beautiful wife or a husband and all that stuff. Like you, like when you look at your child outside the womb, you're like, you're not like, hey, I really hope he uh fine. I really hope that he's a pansexual. Like nah, like no one, even pansexuals don't really look at their kid like I can't wait till they struggle with their identity. Um, <laughs> uh, get life locked, baby. Um, because <laughs> your life is on lockdown. Um, but no one's like you know. God, you know, I hope my I hope my child finds that a, being asexual is the way to be. I hope my child find like you don't go. That's not the preference route you go to. I just uh, kind of think that it's not about being anti a certain lifestyle. It's just you don't want you wouldn't bring things into this world and make their life unnecessarily more difficult if it doesn't have to be. Like, if you could provide a good living situation for your children, then why wouldn't you? If you could provide, if you could provide a better structure for your children, why wouldn't you? You're not going to have $80,000 in the bank and be like, you know what? We're going to live in project housing because I want my kid to understand struggle. It's like, no, you know what? You find ways to create struggle. How about that? You know, have rules and guidelines and all that shit. You don't like put your in a life altering situation and make someone's life hella difficult when it doesn't have to be. So I just, you know, I just don't want my son being fucked in the ass. I don't think that's crazy. Um, now there's anything wrong with that. You know, if he does, then you know what? It's his choice and I'll love him to the day, you know. His, uh, he gets colonoscopy. Um, but no, seriously, I would still love my child and I would not treat him any differently. But I would be honest and be like, this is not how I thought. Doesn't mean I'm disappointed. It just means it's hitting different. And yeah, things are hitting different inside of you. Um, <laughs> all right, Clint. But yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Nothing wrong with that. Not every time, you know, I was actually thinking about this on this topic. Not every time someone doesn't want a lifestyle doesn't mean they're fill-in-the-blank phobic. It just means that that's just not how they operate. It doesn't mean they're phobic. Like, I put it like this, right? Like, I'm not anti-alcohol, but I would not want my kids to be an alcoholic. I'm not anti um, fast food, but I would not want my kids being fast food every night. And I understand those are very granular. I understand those are very non-real. I mean, those are actually very real things because a bad habit of those can fuck up your life a lot. But I think that there's a there just needs to be a more understanding that just because someone wouldn't want that lifestyle for them or their kids that doesn't necessarily mean they don't want that doesn't mean that they necessarily are against it per se so i it's kind of annoying when everything is fill in the blank phobic um 
Because I'll, and here's all, anyone that's so pro gay, pro trans, pro whatever, um, would you go to those environments where you're the one person that's not that and feel comfortable? I, I don't think you would. I think it's more likely that someone who's gay would feel more comfortable being the only gay person in an environment full of straight people than vice versa. More than likely. I could be wrong. But I think it's easier to adapt, right? Where if you're the only straight person, there's this weird fetish to try to convert straight people to be gay. And kind of like get that out of you. Like, oh, I, everyone's like those. Everyone's got a little gay in them. It's like everyone's got a little gay to them. Like, do a little questionable thoughts and things, but not actually doing things. You know, like the argument can be, dude. Jesus, this is going down a weird rabbit hole. Like, technically, if you're a guy and you like getting your ass ate, does that make me think that? You probably would like other things in your ass. Maybe. But, you know, teach their own. It may be a questionable trait, but I don't, you know, I don't discriminate. I don't judge. Well, everyone judges, but you know what I mean. I just think that there are things that we could be into, and just because it's performed by... A heterosexual couple or whatever. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the most straight thing you could be doing. If you're a guy and you like to get pegged by your wife or girlfriend. You know. I know technically you're not gay. Because you haven't had a human flesh penis inside of you. But. You're not far from it. It's as close as it gets. Um, (laughs) Alright. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think I'm just going to stop talking about it. But yeah, um, moral of the story is, is don't tell me how to raise my kids and keep your salad identifying Leslie away from me. Um, <laughs> yeah, they took that fruit salad yummy yummy to a whole new literal level. Um, uh <sighs> yeah, but yeah, I've uh, officially hit over the 200 mark, like consistently for a couple days now. I'm officially over 200 pounds, which means I am overweight, probably, um, at least by the number, the BMI stuff, you know, the stuff that matters. Oh, well, well, you know, numbers don't lie. It's like, yeah, you know what? Put another dude that's 6'1", 200 pounds next to me. I guarantee it may look a little different. But technically, by the numbers, we're both the same. We're both the same, but yet we don't get treated the same. Damn. I would say that's bars, but I feel like that's been said a lot of times before. But it just, uh, I think it just goes to show that not everything that's deemed as exact on paper That doesn't necessarily mean it translates to real life. You have two. It's like I was like when you see those uh, pictures of someone who they're the same height and same weight. And, you know, I watch a lot of 
working out fitness channels and, you know, kind of entertainment influencer channels. You know, I admit it. And they'll do a side-by-side of one dude who's a lot more leaner, but he's big as fuck in terms of, like, how much he benches and stuff. He'll be, like, 5'10", 180, and he's sitting, and he's standing next to someone who's, like, 5'11", 185, but the dude's 5'10", 180, looks hella bigger, much leaner, and more ripped. Now, some of that's genetics and stuff like that, but side-by-side, they're doing the posing side-by-side. The one dude is noticeably visibly bigger even though he weighs less and like it could be like his arm length his muscle insertions and stuff like that but if you were just to write down on paper 5 foot 10 180 you just probably think oh it was a regular looking person regular looking dude of a certain age right like oh okay probably this probably that but you know probably nothing special and that's kind of what bothers me about when we uh when we just see metrics of things. Ah shit! I just dropped my cup. Um, <laughs> that was so random. Um, but th- that's why when I you know and th- there was someone at work they. I know I mentioned a lot about work, but a lot of people actually ask me some stuff at work because they assume I'm like a personal trainer or something, which I appreciate the compliment. But trust me, I'm not. Well, I mean, I could always overcharge you for common sense advice that you could go on YouTube or anywhere else to find, and I could do that. But someone someone told me, they asked me like, you know, how much, you know, you like you do like triathlon, like running and shit like that because, you know, you're kind of like, you're fit, but you're strong. You're not like, and like, I actually don't run at all, which I probably should, honestly. They're like, yeah, but how, like, how do you lose weight or maintain weight and get stronger and change your body? It's like, it's all about, you know, body proportions. It's all about your training for what you want your body to look like. It's really that simple. Um, there's this assumption that cardio helps with fat loss. It does, but you can only do so much. It only has such a minimal effect on actual fat loss, to be honest. Like adding, I'll say specifically for dudes, but even women, adding muscle will make you with a decent diet will make you look a lot more leaner. Even if you're putting on more weight. Because people say, oh, you've gotten really lean. It's like, actually, I've added weight. And there's this mis- there's this misnomer, I guess is the better way. Of when the person I like, oh, like, I just don't want to be running on a treadmill for an hour a day. I was like, you shouldn't. It's actually not good to do that. Unless you're actually training for marathons or you're trained to actually run and shit like that like there's no need for you to be doing that especially the more you weigh and if you're trying to lose weight the danger of running so much is you're putting all that current weight on your body and for the payout the wear and tear on your body you have to do it's not really worth when there's most of your weight loss or whatever is going to be through your diet and any type of strength training program to be honest that's where most of your fat loss is going to happen 
that's the thing that people don't really want to tell you. Because I, I've tried, you know, I, this is why I don't take fitness advice from people that are like 21, 22 and younger. I'm not saying you should take it from me. I will typically always take it from someone who's like 35 and older. Because they have gone through all, someone's 35 and older, but they've worked out or exercised predominantly their whole life. Because they've gone through the trials and errors of being this weight, trying this, and putting so much effort into this, and that, that, and that. And what you realize is it's actually very few things you have to do, but they're the hardest things to do. And that's eat well, eat correctly, per se. Um, essentially, don't drink anything but water and very low-calorie stuff. And effort. That's really all it is. If you follow those things, 99% of people would get results that they want. And that's why I was telling this person. Because I was on break and they were like, you know, man, you know, I just try and try. But just like, and I asked them because I see like, all right, I see you eating this every day. You eat the food that's here. You're eating these White Castle burgers. You're eating, you know, these packaged cheeseburger these hot pockets and shit and i get you know sometimes we're in a rut all this stuff but it's like this is not doing anything for you this is not giving you energy to do your work this is not fueling your body for the work you put in it's actually under fueling it so then you got to overcompensate you're gonna be eating even worse food to compensate for what that food didn't do for you and i was like look i get it it's hard to make time to cook it's hard to get the diet and all that stuff right but if you're asking me i'm telling you you do x y and z cook at home more often all your problems will be solved not all of them but relatively because i i think i i I was watching something and reading and i kind of already know this but there's only actually so much like there's a cap whether that's weight training on strength you gain and calories you're burning. There's only so much weight. There's only so much fat your body can lose in a day and survive. And there's only so much muscle you can add on before you're actually deteriorating from overtraining it. Where at some point you actually overtrain it or just what you're doing is not really adding anymore. You've already reached your maximum stimuli that that muscle is going to activate that day. Like, doing more in a day doesn't necessarily mean more gains. You just got to do, you just got to go intense and hit it enough to where I did this. And then the process starts if you want that muscle to recover and grow. To eat, sleep, let it recover. And that's how you actually start growing at a faster pace. And then when it comes to fat loss, as I was telling this guy, it's like, yeah, you got to. Like, you got to put more time and effort into it. And I know that's hard for people. I know that's not always realistic, especially people with kids, people who are working, like, crazy amount of hours in the day and all that. Like, I get it. But you're asking me, and I'm telling you. And I'm a believer that if something's important enough, you will make time to make it happen or do it. Or it may take time. may not be the right timing to start stuff, but... I think people just like, I think people just think if they keep asking enough people and they just keep asking different points 
Like, they ask someone else next week who's knowledgeable. I think they just keep looking for different answers to try to find the easiest path or the most realistic or like, oh, all these things I'm reading, like, it must not be right. It's like, it's like, it's going to be, so, you ask me two months from now, same stuff. And I think people, a lot of people, what I've noticed, they just kind of seek, they, uh, they seek answers that they don't know the answer to, but they know the answer that they wish was the answer. Oh, damn. Look at Clint putting shit together. I think people, uh, and I get it. You know, we seek answers that we wish were the answer because it would make more sense. We're told something our whole lives or a great part of life. And then we get older. We're like, what do you mean? Cardio doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but for what you're trying to do, it's not really the most important thing. It's an accessory to get that going. And, gee, why am I jaw clogging up? Jesus, I feel like my jaw's numbing. I feel so numb. Um,. But me included, I've noticed this about myself, like, uh, about certain things. And it's like, I know the answer, and I know it's a very hard answer, uncomfortable answer. But I keep thinking, like, you know, maybe if I wait till tomorrow to validate that answer, maybe the answer will be different tomorrow. Maybe there'll be some new study. Maybe there'll be some new reasoning I could justify and logically fallacy or whatever you want to call it. And I think the older you get, you realize that a lot of answers will never change over time. The answer will always be the same to your question. You just may be at a time in your life where you're ready to hear it, not ready to hear it, actually willing to process it. And typically what typically causes is desperation causes people to actually accept the answer because they have no other choice. Um... A lot of people, we hit rock bottom in life. We hit points in life that we can't really, where it's like, look, if you don't want to do it now, it's not going to happen because it may be too late at some point, or you may have caused irreversible damage to something. So I just, uh, that fine line would look, if someone asked me, if they were to ask me again two weeks from now, I'd be nice and tell them, like, yeah, you know, you just got to do this, that. Everything is much more simpler than it is difficult. It's not about doing 20, it's not about doing 20 exercises in a session. It's about doing five good exercises and maximizing those sets that you do with those exercises. That's why when people say it's time consuming, it's only time consuming if you don't really know, if you don't really put intensity. If you put, if you're really intense and diligent what you're doing, and this isn't even working out, I mean anything. You put your full attention and detail into something, you will get results way faster than just kind of lollygagging just kind of going by what you feel and all this stuff it's like no you gotta have a sense of direction of what the fuck you're doing yeah i know i'm rambling too much right now but yeah i just kind of want 
to make people feel like, look, I'm a success story, not literal sense, but I'm a transformative success. You dare speak to me of success? Um, uh, well, I do, uh, successfully do things very quickly sometimes. Um, <laughs> I was in a hurry, babe. Um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, I guess the moral of all that is, uh, you know, for those who don't change, um, you might want to change your underwear once in a while. All right. Because we're going streaking. All right. That was episode 187 of the Alpha and B podcast. And the only reason why I'm stopping because the bottom of my jaw is feeling really numb right now. Probably really dehydrated. But yeah, don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell and all apps. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And yeah, have a great day and night and morning. And that's why her pussy's throbbing. All right, Clint, shut up. All right, have a good one. Cream de la creme, homie. Ooh, nice titties, Clint.